Hello everyone, welcome back to Escape the Hatchet. This is episode two, and you are about to listen to the conversation that Jamie and I had with our COO of the whole company, Miss Heidi Neufeld. And so I hope you enjoy. Okay, so yes, we're back um, with Heidi. Heidi, how you doing? I'm well. I feel very comfortable where I am right now. This is my, um, what do you say, OG? This is my OG location here. Yes. Your first, right? Yes, we OG. are. We are in our home in uh, Freehold. Oh, oh, good old Freehold, nice. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So you've been here since it's since like the the beginning, right? Of just well, not only amazing escape room, but bury the hatchet as well. Yep. Yep. It all started with an axe in uh, in Canada. Canada. <laughs> yeah. We what, had, uh, yeah. Why we had, Canada? We had opened we had opened the escape room in. Um, here in Freehold, we actually used to be at 77 West Main Street around the corner in like a hundred year old house. And then now we're in a hundred year old converted train station. We actually have a caboose, a full fledged live caboose right outside the window. This building is very exciting. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's I very exciting. It was like, I always thought it was a church, but you know what? Train station, I see it. It's train the window. Station. That if you, if, actually, if you pay attention to go outside, you're going to see the old train lights and there's mm-hmm. some all kinds of signals. I called it a train station when yeah, I came here. And in I the lobby, there's a, certain things that I made him keep when we took it over. And there's a, a big, big sign that was actually in the train station that we kept. When we first took it over, there was all kinds of accoutrement from um, early on in Freehold uh, for the train station and stuff. But yeah, we've been here since the beginning. Um, but the axe throwing, yeah, what happened was is that um, our owner, Howard Klotzkin, he was going to a convention in Canada to buy a, a rooms. Two of the rooms that were here in the beginning, the magician room and the jungle, were actually bought at a convention in Canada. So he went oh. up there to take a look at potential rooms to buy to add to our thing. And somebody said, hey, there's an activity up here in Canada called axe throwing. He's like, mm, that's interesting. So to make a long story short... I, we believe that we were the first company to bring that over from um, from Canada. Oh wow! Yeah. So we had opened we decided we had opened Cherry Hill Escape Room, and the landlord said I have some extra space, and I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do with that space, and that's how it all started. We decided to walk around the corner and open up a location for um, the axes. So then we had that's how axes and escape actually started. Interesting, interesting. Yes. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, Heidi is. Our human resources. Director Actually, the CEO. You, if you can elaborate, I, yeah. I started. I started Put out on her name. I started out doing bookings, and <laughs> because when I started with Howard, there was four of us. We had oh. two employees, and so I went from. Doing that to actually now I am the COO, Chief Operating Officer, but that also encompasses all That's the human resource <laughs> things. So my job is really the back end, everything. So when we open a location, Howard rents the space and he hands it over to me. So I do everything from setting up the electricity to getting employees. I used to hire them oh, all wow. myself, but now we have teams. So I'm responsible from soup to nuts, getting it up and running, opening bank accounts, getting all the stuff set up. And so I've literally been here from the beginning from scratch. I, I make the deals for the Groupon. Well, I'm pretty sure we can all agree. All of the employees can agree. You are nothing short of a powerhouse yeah. for this company. 100%. Company. We already believe that. And that's before I even knew that's all the stuff you did. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's very nice. I have always loved working um, with people younger than me just because I, I like to mentor and I like to help lift people up. Uh, before I came to this Howard 
and I've been friends for 30 years, but before this, I was teaching art at a sleepaway summer camp for, they had over 1,500 oh kids there. So I used to teach art. And then one day he said, you know what? I'm opening this escape room and I can't do it alone. When are you coming home from camp? <laughs> so I did. I came, I came to, to take a look at what he had created. And I was like, this could be a lot of fun. So I feel like, um, you know, I like staying involved. I have kids, sit, you know, in their 30s. And I really enjoy working with all you guys. We thoroughly enjoy having you working with us too. It yes, is, we it's, it's always been it's always been great. Um, especially when you have these crazy stories that just like come out of nowhere. Uh, so I'm saying this because you told me about three weeks ago to remind you about a, some zombie escape room, and then there was something about having to like use a restroom outside. We want to go in in order. There's also a lot of stuff on the table. When we we had our escape room over at 77 West Main Street, which is literally right around the corner from here, it was literally a house that was built in the 1800s. Oh, my God. We had two restrooms upstairs, but the main restroom was in the exterior of the building. So you had to go out the side door and use the restroom. (laughs) So, like, was it like a separate building or was it like an outhouse like no it was attached it was the craziest thing so we eventually built the wall around it and then took down the inner wall so that it was becomes part of the Hemingway room oh okay 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 that makes sense but it was literally you had to go outside with a wraparound porch and then the restroom was outside it was just crazy so like did people use the bathroom during their games and like in the winter (laughs) did they have to like they have to like Put on their coats and like go or no because we did have a set of bathrooms upstairs so okay okay, okay. And in our old creek every step creek 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 all the way up the stairs because it was literally in 1800 it was three stories and then the very oh top <laughs> we had we had on the very third floor we had one room called the black and white room and oh. it was one room um i don't know if uh, people here are tuning in have done escape rooms but a lot of times the rooms, or I'd say 90% of the themed rooms, have at least a second hidden room that you could go into after you complete a certain amount of the rooms. Well, this black and white room was literally one room, and the entire thing was black and white. Oh. They had a chest set over there that was black and white. There's The tiles on the floor were black and white check, black and white everywhere. You could actually get a little bit. I was going to say. That sounds really, really cool, though. It, <laughs> it really does. Really, it was a really cool room, but it was on the third floor of this house from 1860 whatever so not only getting dizzy from like a whole room you now you have to walk back down like two flights of steps so i mean three I flights <laughs> in the, set, That's in the right. center okay. in the center um when we had um the samurai room which was like a whole japanese Ooh. thing and they actually had that room had three different rooms to it so you went to two two different sides you could do and that was like the first time that we'd ever done more than one on the main floor we had our hemingway room which is about er- Ernest, Ernest Hemingway, Hemingway yes. and of course people would ask us all the time we don't know anything about him i'm like well, that's old man come in the here sea to learn. come on now yeah you come here and you kind of learn about him. yeah yeah and the yeah. craziest thing about it is is that our control room was on the back side of the wall of the Hemingway room. So when, when to reset the rooms, we could push back the doors and jump down into the Hemingway room. It was a great... I mean, jump down? Yes. So you had to walk up these tiny three stairs and you were in this like hallway, not hallway, like a very, very narrow, thin control room. It was big enough to just fit the five chairs 
and to get behind people to get into your chair, everybody had to like move. It's like squish. a movie theater, like where people have to like cross. Exactly, exactly. Oh Except that your back was against the Hemingway oh wall. My oh my god! And so when we were ready to reset the room, we kind of like slid the room, and then you had to go down this giant step in order to get into the Heming room to reset it. It was very interesting. That is so interesting. And we, Honestly, and, and the best part about it. it is that to escape the Hemingway room, you had to crawl through this passageway that ended up back into the main lobby. Oh, see, I love when, as tall as I am, I mentioned it on the last episode of the podcast too, I love when I have to crawl. I don't know why. <laughs> you did it's mention so that. It's so interesting. It's so but interesting. the funniest thing is that when he said, you know, you have to come take a look at my escape room and come possibly work with me. I'm like, okay, I walk in the first day and they had put the front desk in front of the exit of the ex of the Hemingway room. Oh, so wow. The girl so who was at the front desk <laughs> taking bookings would have to get up and move her chair. Oh, my God. Because the escape room door would open and they would crawl out of there. So it was kind of illogical. I wouldn't have told her. Her first day, I would have said what? <laughs> yeah, but this is like a true escape room like for everybody <laughs> involved. <laughs> it took them that long to figure out that if they moved the front desk to the opposite side of the lobby, it would not interfere with guests exiting through the escape yeah. room. Well, how big is this front desk? Is it like no, our Edison like, one? No, is it like, like this, this? Oh, this, so it's just a like, small table, table that you're sitting at. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nothing like our 14-foot <laughs> high desk in Edison, which, by the way... Um, Update on the stool. I know I was very excited to oh, uh, yeah. talk about the, the stool. Here we go. Did you return the first one? So, okay, so here's <laughs> what happened. They lied. Uh, I'm just going to say Amazon lied. Unless, And I know because I looked at the measurements just to make sure that I was correct and didn't yeah. like screw up anything. Um, they said it was um, for when, you, when you're sitting, like, like the seat itself, 36 or 34 inches high. I measured the stool that we have, and that only goes up to like 28. So that's how I knew, great, this is our stool. Um, so excited. I take it out, and it's like there's like three pieces. I'm like, got this. I stayed until 7 o'clock. I was supposed to be done at like 4. I stayed until 7 o'clock, and that's when that thing got delivered because I was that excited. I put it together. Same exact height as the other one. Same exact so height. So where's the disconnect? I think the stool looks really nice. So. Yeah, he really likes it. So I'm about to put you, the old one in the box. Five feet tall. If I sat there, I'd still be like this. I just want, yeah, like I just wanted to be able to like see above that desk, but like you can see above it. It's just very uncomfortable. You look like a child behind it compared yeah. to everybody standing. I still here. think that we need to take a saw and literally, yeah, just saw your front desk and just drop yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just maybe take off, like shave off a couple inches. Maybe. You know? That could help. We had talked about that from the beginning, but it never happened. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it is a high. It is a high desk. I don't know what it was for. That's what they they use it for their front desk. <laughs> I wonder, like, I, I just. It almost seems like one of those desks when, like, you're visiting like a hospital or something, and the nurses are like this far down and their computer is like down there so they have to like look up at you that's why i mentioned we should just put the computer down there so that it just yeah. have them look down at us but i don't know that's literally what that desk is like. i just feel like it's so awkward then now the computer's down there and you're just looking at there that's a crazy yeah. thing so what are we doing we're just keeping the stool because you like it well i had half a mind to take our old stool and put it in the box and return it and be like this was not the stool i asked for that is crazy. Um, 
Amazon would never know the difference, but they probably wouldn't. Crazy. <laughs> well, is there any stool here that we could um, borrow? <laughs> <laughs> you put it in your car. <laughs> Don't lose a piece of it like we do. We have, we have the capture the flag situation going on, right? Do we have a flag? Oh, yes. Would you like to um, elaborate Speaking on up. that? <laughs> right. So um, each location has been given a flag with okay. it on it. And you're, the idea is to get involved with the other locations by nicely stealing or borrowing their flag. right? But there are parameters around it because if you take their thing, you have to create a TikTok. Is that I, I mm. believe that I believe is, yes I yes. believe those are that the rules. yes it's apparently it's starting it's supposed to start in July it's June 29th you don't have our clinics well we Jamie and I are currently you know recording here in Freehold our locations Edison oh, I yeah. know it's got July first I, I was thinking but, the same. That's why I looked at you. See the flag? Where's the flag, though? Do they, where's their flag? We I can find it. We'll walk around this entire building. If we... <laughs> well, I, have, I still need the full tour. So, like... right, so in the meantime, <laughs> I'm going to tell yes. you guys a secret because uh -oh. this is amazing escape room. But our other brand, Barry the Hatchet, is also playing the caption flag. Can we take theirs? I okay. don't know if that's... So, so, speaking of which, I have a flag, too. Oh. And somebody took my flag. Already? Oh, my God. They took my flag. What and... They hung it up in Old Bridge, New Jersey, <laughs> above my means of taking it down. Way too high. That's so I told them that it's not fair and that they needed to put it at a height where I am able. That's manipulative. That's not right. Well, yeah. you gotta put it. You gotta. I'm not going to tell you the circumstance because right now I'm protecting the few. But not okay. only did I retrieve my flag, uh -oh. but I took theirs. Good. <laughs> Good, good, and good. it is on the fast track to Atlanta, Georgia. <gasps> oh, <laughs> but at the time of this um, production going live, because the, the the new low, <gasps> that's incredible. So I love that. And since I'm sure they're not going to listen to this podcast right away, the return address that I labeled that I sent to Atlanta is going to send the flag when they're finished taking pictures of it there directly to Tom's River. That <laughs> so is I'm throwing everybody incredible. off the trail of who took their flag i love that that is i love, I love that. that that is a great way to get back at somebody. thank you <laughs> sent it to a different state <laughs> i plan on taking our staple done and stapling every single border of the flag onto that door you can't that's not in the rules it has to be easily accessible to wait remove. look okay. it's accessible but like they just have you're to trying to cheat first of all that's crazy <laughs> but like there are accessible like rules other than the height thing? Yes, you have a whole list of rules that Christian sent out. Do they um do our flags like it, it says our location, right? Yes. Like the That's name the of point. it? Yeah, it does. But they all look the same, just the wording of the locations is different. <laughs> Should Honestly, we just switch our flags and exactly see if anybody noticed? Honestly, I can tell you maybe a guaranteed one location wouldn't even realize if we just swapped. Guaranteed. <laughs> I say we do. It. That's, I think that's a great idea. I think too. that's really funny. Like, I don't think it counts towards the competition because we technically gave them our flag. Uh, but I would do it strictly just to see how it would. I would do it too. I'm not gonna lie to you. So <laughs> I'm not here to win a competition. I'm here to have a good time. <laughs> we, we, have, we have to look around. Did it, you guys get your flag? You have your. Flag? We do have our yes, flag. Yes, it is. It is fully accessible to anybody yep. who walks in this building. <laughs> well, mine is back in my office, so we'll see how long it lasts there. How are they gonna like? Yeah, when it's in your office, how how are people gonna? Well, they took it out there once, somehow. <sighs> and Howard has gone too. Oh. Oh. 
And his was behind. Man, his. people are moving fast. The yeah. competition, it hasn't even started. <laughs> one of the locations, We're slacking. <laughs> yeah, one of the locations has four flags already. I thought we had to wait until it started. But I tell you, when I take a flag, because yeah. I have access to all of them, I usually leave like a dozen donuts. Because I think that's the oh, that's thing nice. to do. Okay, that's yeah. very cute. Yeah. And I video myself bringing, <laughs> taking the flag Love and you. leaving the donuts. So we can be yeah. brutal. We just have to, we can just give them something nice in return. Yes. <laughs> yeah, be respectful. They're safe. Respectfully. Our flag. <laughs> we give our flag. <laughs> so... So you want to move on to the zombie? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what is yes. um? So the story, yeah, the story is, is that we um we had opened a um location for downtown Philadelphia, and that's a whole mm -hmm. other story because we opened it the day that the Pope oh. was coming to Philadelphia. Oh, right past our escape room. So that's public. So, so, <laughs> so we had to close down for the day because they could not get to our front door. Poor yeah. planning on our part. But anyway, so we had a um. We rent. We were actually given the zombie room by somebody that um, has a zombie room in the Midwest. How oh, cool! Hold on, I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> anyway, so we took over this. It was live a live production. Everybody that worked at the zombie room, and we just called it uh, Amazing Escape Room Philly North uh, Southeast or something like that. I can't remember it anymore. That was the Philadelphia um, one that I remember seeing. Right now, we had two rooms: um, the Cure, okay, and escape for the cure i don't know anyway we had higher <laughs> actors to do this because what happened is, is you go into the room and within the first 30 seconds a buzzer would go off and a cabinet would open and a zombie attached at the ankle with a chain would come out of the cabinet i love that i love that too very physical and the game master was in the room with them and i'll tell you why because a lot of people have a propensity to want to harm or yep. touch the zombie. Mm -hmm. So in order for their safety, we actually game mastered inside the room. And in ev every three minutes, you would hear it, and the chain would get longer. That's okay. so cool. That's like that Saw game in that one. Well, it's the opposite. They were pulling them towards like a, the blade. But like it's a Saw movie. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> but if the zombie touched oh you, <laughs> there is a X marks the spot in the far corner, and you have to be eliminated from the game and you'd have to go stand over there. So the idea was to stay away I love from that the zombie. Idea. So people were, there was a table in the center. So you jump on the table, you jump around the table. So in the meantime, you'd have to get the clues and you'd have to get around the zombie in order to get the clues. But you learn from the game master that they love singing and they love clapping. So if you wanted to get a clue, somebody on one side would start singing. And the zombie would go towards them and somebody else would go around the other side of the zombie to get the clue. Or okay. you could do clapping and the zombie would go towards the clapping and then they'd work around it. That's so So smart. it was very strategic. Interesting. I like that a lot. Well, I was going to say, cool. why? so when did this end? Like when, when did all right, it, so the, the thing was is that imagine they were all um, starving actors wanting to get the bigger picture in theater. So they would, start, they would go on tour. So someone would say, oh, I can't work in the next couple of weeks because I'm going on tour with this theater or this theater. So after a while, it really... Um, Oh, okay. It got really hard to keep the staff, um, you know, around and oh, man. the live actors. But people love live actors and things, all, and especially in the escape rooms. A lot of people nowadays, people one. love it. Everybody who comes to our building, they're just like, "Is there people inside this?" <laughs> like, people just assume there's going to be somebody all inside the time. Want to say time. yes, and they also like 
it's scary stuff, and they also like you know um, like Halloween themes and people stuff like, like they thrilling like. things. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And it's like our owners doesn't like too scary stuff because he wants it to be good for everybody. But we're always trying to say, come on, during the holiday season or you know Halloween season, can we like convert one of the rooms a little bit scarier and kind mm -hmm. of thing so that because people we did do in Edison. yeah because mm -hmm. people do like that so we let the locations kind of do that it was that was very fun it was take so on that fun role. um we definitely took the bull by the horns and just went for it we did we didn't go like too crazy we like but made we did our every own stuff. room basically we made our own puzzles i know i made a like book with a bunch of drawings in it that's uh, cool. We changed the puzzle the way like someone painted a new puzzle and to just replace the old puzzle in another. It's room. fun. It makes it. it makes <laughs> it's always fun to be, like be creative. And, like, right. Because also because people ask us how often do we change our rooms right. and like honestly when I mean nobody really cares but it does cost anywhere from thirty to a hundred thousand dollars to to Ooh. build a room. So the thing is to change that too frequently is you know not cost effective so we yeah, try yeah. to rotate from location to location but when you do this these themes during the holidays sometimes you know you do a holiday theme inside the room or during halloween you do it scary at least it, it mixes things up for people that might say hey we did that room but maybe it'll change a little bit because during the holiday they'll change the theme a little bit and they can come back on like a discounted price usually that's what yeah. um, we did so that it's not full price since you've already played the game but you get to see another aspect of it for right. For that discounted price. I thought that was a great idea. It was very, it worked mm -hmm. out at least well for us. Um, I'm totally down to do that again for it was, this fall because yeah. people loved it. It'd it be fun, fun to see what else we could come up with. It's interesting because in Montgomeryville, we actually have a room called Santa's List. And you're like, like hmm. it's like all year round. Like, all year round. So that's what I'm saying. It's an all year round Santa theme. At first, oh. you'd be like, oh, that's odd. But when you see the room for the first time, it's a great room. It's real. It's really a great room, and you can do it all year round. It's just, why not? People like. I mean, they do what Christmas in July, isn't that? A yeah, thing? I was just about yeah, to say. Some people so, miss mean, you, the holidays. Yeah, so that's you like go. you can promote it that way too. But it's it's a really really cool room. It's called the List, and it's all kind of like our Christmas tiki theme. room. Tiki is very different from uh, the winter time, like for it us. Is. Like when it snows outside, we have a whole summer island tiki room. So I mean. You're it's right. kind of the opposite. And your cabin also. Your cabin is like a winter theme, isn't it? Well, we winterized it. We so did. we kind of took our Halloween thing and, you know, infused that into the winter months so that instead of the thunderstorm for cabin, yeah, and like it's the more Friday of a spring. 13th, it was more of like a winter snow cabin. I changed the, the, the screens and everything. I missed the snow video a lot. It was very cute and it fit the, the room very well. Although it did not fit the second room. <laughs> We later realized. Hey, thunder snow is a thing. It can be. Just not very uh, much a thing in New Jersey, I would have assumed. But it's a thing. <laughs> so you told me, guys, I listened to the first podcast, that you guys have not done that many rooms yourselves. Is that correct? That is that is correct. Guilty. I've done the one that I mentioned, uh, the escapology. The other closest thing I got was a school trip. We went to the Newark Museum or whatever. I don't know what it was. They okay. had some room that was like a mansion kind of thing and i forgot what happened in it but all i know is you got sent into room to like do puzzles and we were split up into different teams and whoever guessed the right thing got to go to this final room to try and find the final thing that we were looking for don't ask me the story i was in middle school <laughs> was like, That's, okay that was, but it was, that was really a while cool. ago i was actually on the final team i don't know how we made it that far mm. at all i even the rooms that we have when i train my employees any new hires i i'm like hey listen when I had to learn all these, absolutely terrible. Uh, 
So lucky for you guys, I don't keep them trapped in the room for like two hours. When I learned all the rooms, I wanted to make sure that I figured it out. I was in there for a long time for every single game. Um, <laughs> it's just, you'd be surprised. Sometimes the the easiest things are so difficult for me to figure out. Or vice versa, it really depends yes. on the type of gameplay. Like Abigail is a very traditional game. Every puzzle's a lock. Um, I seem to struggle with puzzles that have combination locks. Ah, interesting. But like things that have object movement, object placement, which is in a majority of our games, those are the puzzles that I always usually can figure out. Mm, I'm really good at like logic solving stuff. Uh, my problem is being observant. I miss like <laughs> a lot of things <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I thought I was going to do good in Mansion because at first I was doing great. But then I started like not seeing like very obvious things that were right in front of me. And it just got worse and worse as I went on. I mean, it room. even goes back to uh, when we were, even the other night, we were on, um, again, I'm going to mention it again. Uh, Fortnite has a lot of like escape room, uh, like games that are custom or um, community content, right? Is that what they, yes. they call it? Mm -hmm. um, those are so hard for me to figure out. I mean, they're not that far-fetched from an escape room, um, fr from like going to one. Uh there's just, obviously, it's a video game, but um, it's very close to what I would imagine a VR escape room would be. And I've heard of those before. Um, I just never really understood the, the the concept of a virtual reality escape room. Um, did, have you? did you do any of ours? No, that's why I, so I during, would like yeah, to segue the, into it. Yeah during, like, yeah. yeah, during the pandemic, we did do virtual. Um, right, that was before I and I the, And the thing is... The, the reason why I liked ours is because it was an actual escape room. Um, it was a company that we used from Florida, and they actually went into the escape, an actual escape room. It wasn't like, you know, a video game. It was oh, an they actual had a person. Escape. It was an actual escape room. No, they didn't have a person in it, but it was like a room like this, but they actually videoed it. Oh, okay. And they set it up so that you had to find the clues in the actual escape room. It wasn't like a virtual, it wasn't like a video game. It was an actual thing. So when you went into the room virtually, you felt like you were in this escape room in Florida. And oh, okay. So, cool. so it was basically do one I feel like we heard from this home. from somebody. And was, so exactly. some, one person would be the, the game master, if you will, or the person they would manipulate it and they would move the a mouse around. But you could have up to like uh, nine other people in it. So 10 people could be in the same room and they'd be like, oh, move over there because I see a, a lock over there. And when you click so on the lock. it'd be like a Zoom call almost? So, like a, yeah, like it, was, a... it was done on Zoom actually. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> they would, you would put your mouse over the lock and the lock would come up and then you'd have to click on your keyboard what the, you know, what you thought the combination was. And it would pop off, no, but and then it would give you a hint as to where else in the, the room you could go to to find the clue. I love and that. And what you did, it was it was that. a I lot of fun. That was really cool. I wish and not only that, that, but a lot of companies did it because it could be international. They, you that could be true. in Australia, and you could do it with your team in California, and they could all get together. Of course, it was team strange building. hours. Like It would be either like 8 o'clock at night or like midnight because <laughs> they tried to find a, a, a time that worked for both of them. Hell, you could do it on a plane. If you're traveling, you know, if you got Wi-Fi, you on could, the yeah, absolutely. Can't miss my meeting. Do you? I don't know if you know this, but when we had our Montclair location, which we had to close after the pandemic, then, but of course we have Bloomfield, which is right down the street. Um, our our GM there, Michael Murphy, uh, great name. That's right. Um, he did Fortnite. We used to have a Fortnite. Um, evening at the escape room and it would oh. encourage people and he would play on the, on Fortnite and then he would encourage them to set up a time to he come had into a, he had a twitch stream 
Yeah. And then, uh, and I, oh. Oh, so you were around when Mike was doing that or? Uh, he briefly told me about that. This was, uh, cause he was only around for like a month when I started. And I remember that he would do like, I think it was like six or seven hour streams that he would have to leave early Whoa. to start. And I'm like, oh, wow. Well, cool. That was before I started. Yeah, and then he would gaming, he would like, um, get people so involved cool. in it, and they would come into our escape rooms on different nights so that they could be. I involved. love that. I do. I like that a lot. Too. That is really cool, and it's a great way to expand your your own like publicity too. Like get yourself mm -hmm. out there, not only us as a company, but like himself too. Uh, I wonder where he is now. I wonder what he's doing. Oh, he's well. he's streaming because I we're friends on Facebook, so oh, I can cool. see him streaming. Isn't oh, yeah. okay. Good. Yeah, married with a, a young daughter. Oh, okay. and he's doing he's doing really well. So anyway, so how many themed themes do you think we have had in so right now we have eight we have eight locations Ooh, quiz time so we have eight locations um we, we no longer have our philadelphia staten island montclair or the zombie room it's all a product of of you know um the pandemic but we opened others in in things but how many themed rooms do themes do you think that we've had in the eight years that we've been open themes uh i'm gonna say if it's themes and rooms change, if there's eight locations, rooms would change every like what three years. Uh, I want to say maybe I'm going to estimate around 80, 85. I was going to say like around 70 because I was kind of be like, okay, so they probably have like a lot of locations and they all probably have like five to like seven rooms. Yeah, you could you could see where we were doing the yeah. analyzing in our heads. Yeah. Well, the reality is, is that we actually have 70. However, it's really 66 because <laughs> tell me what locations have the same room. Do you know? Um, Similar yeah. theme or no? Because I know our candy. This room. is a test. Yes. King of, us and King of Prussia. We have Candy uh, Candy World. Yep. Yes. Um, and I think Train Heist is somewhere else or Wild West. It's one or the other. All right, I'm going to give you a room and you tell me where it is. Illusionist. Oh, isn't that in Greenboro? Or is that in um, prison? <laughs> it's in <laughs> multiple. Okay, so, oh, so so now I'm testing you guys because you should know what your partners have. So Illusionist is in three locations. Guys, listen. Oh, wow. It's in Cherry Hill. We did fail. Cherry Hill, Greenbrook, and King of Prussia. Mm, so even right. though they, you know, it's part of the themes, it's the same themed room, but they're far enough apart that it doesn't affect anything. Yeah. And what about the wizard? Oh, the wizard... Um, here, <laughs> well, here yeah. and the wizard. I'm pretty sure, isn't wasn't that one in Princeton too when we when we saw it? Did I, you I go remember to this used to have the Sorcerer's Apprentice, but I don't. That's this not is, the same thing. This right? is the Wizard's Apprentice here. Wizard's Apprentice. It's the same. We have it in Greenbrook, and here's a spoiler alert. Who, they do. We who saw the, the design. Who designed it? Ooh. Who who built the oh, Wizard's well, Apprentice? Um, Cody. I only know Cody building rooms because he built ours. <laughs> You're going to be surprised. The way she's saying it, I know she's saying it's it. Her. I, no, I, I, not me. I, I, I said her right first because I was like, I want to give her props. Right Wait, <laughs> didn't Howard do it at one point? Do one at one point? No, Howard. Like Howard was the apartment Ooh. here. He oh, built oh, a room. Oh yes. Should, should I tell you? You want to know? I do want to know. Our IT. Person, Shane Shogal. Shane built it? Oh my goodness. Oh. Shane built it here with two other people, um, with Elise and um his name escapes me. And but then he did it by himself in uh Greenbrook. He put the whole thing himself. Oh well Jordy gosh. a little bit. So. <laughs> Shane what a guy Shane is. Hey. You guys will meet Shane uh around next, yeah, uh, next is, time we Shane is gonna because Shane now has gone full fledged. He started out as a game master at 77 um West Main Street. 
Uh, and uh, he has made his way up to our, not tech, but he does coordinate all of the um, low voltage. That's what we call in the, that's the word in escape roomism. That, you know, because uh, a lot of our tricks are magnet, magnets or Arduinos or things that you'll hear from Shane and Zach that they do. And so Shane now is very, very proficient in uh, creating things. But he, uh, the wizard, was his brainchild. Ch- Although it took I him like that. five months to build it here and probably a month and a half to build it in Greenbrook because, um, you know, that was his first attempt. But he... Uh, he is a character. He's, <laughs> he's, he's good for rooms. What a guy. He... <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned it or not. He's not oh, a Tiki? Of, yeah. I don't, well. Not a fan of Tiki too much. I think it's because... I mean, who's every, not a fan? It's Shane, isn't it? Shane. Every room TV. is going to have its malfunctions one way or another at some point. It just so happens that when Tiki malfunctions, Shane is just always there he, yeah, for it. He also... It's just like bad timing. It always Something always happens whenever he's there. So he's like, I don't like this room. I will say there's a lot that goes on in Tiki because of the moving floor and stuff. Like, it's <gasps> You just did a spoiler alert. Well, we kind of have to mention it to people yeah. before they go. Well, but, 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 <laughs> but in the meantime, like I was there when they were building it and I went there with my husband one day when Jordy was doing it. He goes, go into this room. He goes, because Howard had bought the floor... And it cost a fortune to bring it from, I think, North Carolina here. And we couldn't figure out what we were going to do with the floor. And then they built the whole tiki tiki room around the floor. And it was so cool to be on the floor before they even built the room around it. We're like, oh, my gosh, how is this going to work? It was, it was very it's fa- it's fascinating. intense at first. <laughs> we really had to tone that down. It was, it was a little scary. It was like an earthquake when it first started. It was very cool, though. It is very cool. I've never seen it anything is. like it. I like it a lot, and people really enjoy it. We do warn people about it. Yeah, some Just people love people surprises. Will, they do love surprises. Some but you other really people have to don't. Feel like when you, when yeah, you, you don't want to feel nauseous because you don't well, know right. what's happening. Yes. And, I, and I think that when you're looking out into the sea, if you will, and the floor is moving, that could be a little freaky if you're not like warned. Yeah, yes. you definitely have 100%. to pick up a vibe while you're briefing the group, and then midway during your briefing. You need to decide internally whether you want to mention it or not. I feel like that's how briefing Tiki goes every single time a group goes in. That's what we kind of just have to do just to be safe. Because we just want to make sure everybody's comfortable. And sometimes people could be taken back um, by something that shocking. So that's why I'm like even mentioning it now. It's just like it's jarring if you didn't know it. But um, if anybody's listening and you come play Tiki and you forget it. Surprise. <laughs> um, no, I didn't tell my sister when she's there at Tiki. <laughs> I was just like, have fun. <laughs> Enjoy. So in the meantime, in Edison, do people, um, is Candy one of the more popular rooms or? It's not the most popular. I feel like it's moderately popular. Like it's basically, it's right in competition with a majority of our rooms. It's not the most popular, um, but I will say it's, the, the interesting thing is the game has not changed ever since it was built. It but as time is going on, I feel like it's somehow becoming a more and more difficult game <laughs> as the months go on. Oh, really? <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Um, if it's, anything, it's it, a hard game. Yeah. I think it's just we're coming to the realization now that it is, is it is a hard game. It's just now that we're like seeing uh, the game being played more and more. Because it's, 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 it's not linear. It's not linear. It's it's not also a different escape all. room. Like some people are expecting more logical puzzles than anything. Right. Yes, right. it's very I, different. I, I asked because King of Prussia, it's not one of the favorite 
uh, done rooms there, and it's it, people feel differently in the Edison one than the one in King of Prussia, but it's really? the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like we help out a lot because we're just like, hey, it's games. It's not like we do give our warnings now. Yeah. Used to not, but we ne- um now we tell them, hey, it's not like normal escape rooms. It's gonna be a little different. It's just it's more just games. have a, have a very yeah. open mind. It's a very different type of gameplay. That's all. It is fun though. It it's is a very fun interesting. Room. It is. I think it's very. Deep. And I'm not gonna tell you that I picked the wallpaper. I actually created the wallpaper. Oh. So a lot. So a lot of a lot of the decor in the rooms, um, I get the pleasure of doing stuff. And like also, um, I will mention that. Um, Howard had seen um, been into escape room many years ago that had the um, game boards from old oh, games. Oh, yes, that's right. All right, so he came to me. He goes, Atlanta has these game boards in their lobby. I think we should do something similar mm-hmm. because our partner uh, company in Atlanta is now was Masterminds, and they sold off, but they used to be the amazing escape room Atlanta. So um, I went down there, and that's also how we got the lock walls in some of the locations oh, okay. because I fell in love with the lock walls when I, I went to Atlanta. I think that's such a genius idea. So I brought them up here, and uh, there's one here, one in Cherry Hill. We did one in Staten Island. You guys don't have one, but, you know, that, I thought the lock hole was a really cool thing. But the game boards, Howard really like, and Tal, our other owner, love them. So it's a labor of love for me because I have to, like, do flea markets and uh, uh, look, ask people on Facebook and Marketplace to give up their games because I only use the boards. So, <laughs> it's true. We so, are not allowed to touch the game boards. Whenever we get game boards, we have to, we put them aside because yeah. they are— Only because I like to do—I don't mind, but I love, love doing it. Love and doing I was going to say, when we were talking about the zombie room, that was the most difficult for me because every game board— was a zombie, Night of the Living Dead, or a zombie. So that took me a very long time to collect all of those. And now people are getting smarter because when they put them on eBay, they want you to pay separate prices for the board and the pieces. Mm. So you could pay like $10 to $20 just for the board now. So for me, it's better to go to the flea markets on Saturday and Sunday now when the weather is nice and collect them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that. So that's it, that's really fun because at least I feel like I have my input in every location because I get to do that. And we're just we just about to open another location in Paramus, New Jersey. And so right now we're collecting boards. So yes, um, and for those of you who are listening to last week's podcast, we were correct <laughs> with Paramus. Oh we yeah. Were like, <laughs> question mark. We're pretty sure we'll get back to you on that next week. We have at least it's it's a it's labor. Confirmed. It's yeah, it's it's going to take a little while because um. Uh, it's zoned as um, business, not recreation, so we have to get a variance. Mm. So it takes a little bit longer. So um, these are all the back end stuff that you guys don't realize. A lot of times we have to get variances. We have to get yeah, architects so. involved. We have to do planning. Um, you have to have a certain amount of parking for each um, location. So all those things go into it before a location has to open. So um, oh. you know we all have to be on top of all these things. That is it's a, a, a lot, lot goes into yeah. it. A lot goes in. Honestly, even when people are like, "Oh my god, did you guys build these escape rooms?" You're like, no, no. <laughs> there's no way I could have ever done this. Yeah, but the thing is about I you guys is that you do build the escape room really once there. So you have to make it work for you because a lot of yeah. times right. the we designers, have the foundation too. Yeah, you have a foundation. The designers yeah. come in and they do a certain thing, and then they're gone. And then you have to make it work for, you see, as the customers come in, like when we first started, we used to have notebooks next to the computers to say, listen, if a trick doesn't work three times, let's rework it. Because right. if it's not working for the customer, we don't want to frustrate them. We want them to be happy. So it's like if a trick doesn't work three times, it's something that you want to think about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. through the years, um, you know, we've had to rely on the staff to make the rooms work and things have changed significantly in the rooms because um you have to make those rooms work for you and to make it it's just the nature of uh, adaptability and the, the change of the rooms it's gonna happen it's just basically 
you're you're giving us they we have our template of a game and we're letting you know the human population Dictate do what they that, want yeah. right. and we're strictly there to just observe and it's yeah. the world is their oyster when they play the game and <laughs> and that's that's the other thing in that vein it's, it's like people ask us all the time like what are the difficulty levels of it and this is an mm-hmm. ongoing thing with with us and the staff and that is because um, to me, the best room is the room that is empty at the moment, but that's from a sales perspective. <laughs> However, you know, when you have a, a, a group of children that are coming in, they're doing all five rooms, you do kind of have to give a disclaimer saying that our staff feels that some of these rooms are more difficult than mm-hmm. the others. But then you could have a fifth grader that's going to get out of the most difficult room and a PhD person that's still stuck in there. Yeah, because some, that's very true. Because the, the people that are very smart in the world sometimes overthink things to the point where they can't. They can't, and it takes the fun out of it. And then you have a kid that comes in and goes, what do you mean? Here's this. And they just solve the lock one, two, three. <laughs> that reminds me of the reactor in Kazakhstan. So that that is really the, the main reason why we don't like to put like, you know, five locks on the internet and saying, you know, this is a very five difficulty mm-hmm. because you could find a fifth grader that finds that not as difficult. So it's easier for them to give us a call and to say, hey, listen, we recommend this or, you know, um, those kinds of things. That's why the company has decided not to put the difficulty levels on the the website. Interesting. Am I allowed to share that reactor story? I just thought about it. <laughs> it's technically. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. <laughs> I that, literally said that it that, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> is that that trick in Cabin? Yeah. Yes. There's, there's, there's just there's one. There's a thing. <laughs> Don't worry. All you have to know is the, the kid thing made sense because I think the per- the fastest person to ever do it was like these preteen girls, yep. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so you know where yeah. I'm co- so you know what I'm coming from because exactly yeah <laughs> we see it all because the time because people do call and say hey listen we're five PhDs we want the most difficult room and I'm like you know have you ever done an escape room because right that's the, you always the first that, question I ask exactly have you ever done an escape room because things are not always the most logical ways that you're doing it some are uh, lock based some are thought exactly things. people have different perceptions before they if they haven't done one everybody's perception of an escape room no matter how much uh, how like diverse people's perceptions are that like you think ultimately people are going to that has have never done an escape room ultimately they are all thinking the same thing we're stuck in a room we got to get out yeah so that's why it's very like you really have to ask the right questions for somebody who's never done one before uh because you really want to find the right room for them to start with if they want to do all five of ours uh, because that can make a huge impact on whether or not they come back to do yeah. games in our locations and other locations. And I mean, that's what we want. So yeah. it's really, we really, I think we do a really great job. Like we're very smart when it comes to picking the right game for the the individual who's never done an escape room and walking into our building for the first time. We're really good at getting them to veer in the direction of a first game. And then they usually always come back to play all of our others. But we also have to realize this. A lot of people get frustrated and sometimes mm-hmm. they say it's, we didn't give them the right clue or whatever it is, but sometimes it's just, it happens. Not everybody's yep. going to get out of the rooms. And then we have a lot of people saying, can you do it with two people? Yeah. Well, I think That's that other, most, yeah. a lot of the rooms can be done by two people, but then again, um, you may interview down the line, Christian and Tiana, who are two employees that have done over a hundred rooms, just the two of them together. Yes. So they're proficient in that kind of a thing. But if you're coming in on a date night, it may yeah. be difficult to do a thing, and you don't want to get frustrated on your date night. So there might be a, one room that's better than the other to do that yep. we might recommend for a couple, let's say. 
What I tell people when they ask me that for the two person thing, I'm like, yeah, it's a hundred percent possible with two people. Uh, it's going to be significantly harder <laughs> to it beat it be with less people, but it is definitely it's solvable. But do. you know, yeah. in the past, we've had some tricks. Like in Princeton, you had to, you needed two or three people. Someone had to stand at the pad at the front door of the room and a pad in the back thing, or another room in Staten Island. They had to hold hands, kind of thing. Oh for, boy. But we kind of said, you know, we really can't do that because what happens if it is only two people and you need three to do a certain mm -hmm. trick? You know, so then mm -hmm. the game master would have to come in or they would have to bypass it for you. So, and you know, we're, we're, yeah. So we're trying to try to figure that out that we don't put those kinds of things in the rooms that we've learned from that. Yes, okay. we're even even us. We're we're constantly learning every every day we come in. We're always learning something new. We're always changing. We're ever changing. Everything is always being updated on a constant basis. Um, which makes it the job like so much more exciting than you would think. Yeah. It's never the same thing every day, ever. <laughs> At least from my perspective, there's always something new every day I come in. I'm curious about like Hurry the Hatchet, like because we yeah. do <laughs> we do a lot of stuff like that. I'm sure they have their own issues with the axes right. and like. Well, the Bury the Hatch is, is our axe throwing. I know you guys um, talked about it a little bit in the first podcast, and that's yeah. our sister company. And yeah. I think six of our locations have axe throwing facilities within either a couple miles. Like right now, Edison is about seven seven miles, 12 right. minutes away from you. Mm -hmm. But in Freehold, it's two miles away. King of Prussia is down the hall. <laughs> Bloomfield, they can walk right across, across the street. street. Yeah. Princeton is also um, about five or six miles away. But we do have that ex escape and access program. The access, it is a lot of fun. It's very different. Um, but there is a tutorial. They teach you how to uh, safely and accurately throw the axe. But then they also make it really fun by setting up games. Like when we first started, Howard's like, what are they going to do for two hours in the thing? And I'm like, you know what? Let's throw some games in. So we went ahead and we ordered Connect Four, giant Jenga, and giant huge Jenga. dice, these giant wooden dice. And we they learned how to incorporate them into the gameplay. We've done, uh, Brooklyn has done some Dungeon and Dragons where they actually do gameplay wow. and they, so they have a D&D &D night. Um, so That's cool. It is cool. So That's they may make it a lot of fun. And, you know, I like Bury the Hatchet also because it's also a wide range. You can be mm -hmm. 10 years old or you can be 85 years old and still do it. And, yes, I had my mother-in-law's 90th birthday there, and she threw axes. <laughs> it was wow. really fun. Also, to the listeners, Heidi throws one mean bullseye. <laughs> I know I said Jamie did one. No, 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 no. You have to see this woman throw an axe. I will admit I have one in my car with my name on it, but I can't in, car. in my I car. You know, that. you never know That's when so they cool. get pulled you over. You're know. like, you have an axe in your car. Well, yeah, yeah, what about it? <laughs> and <laughs> pull up. Are you going to come to uh, Bird of Hatcha? Or are you going to give me a ticket? <laughs> I love that. I don't want an axe now, a hatchet or whatever. You well, I mean. Keep passes in your car, and it's like, oh, here's a pass. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting though with um, Hatchet is I see on um, Hatchet's social media too it's every now and then certain uh, not owners certain managers of certain locations have like unique axes can you tell me about oh. certain unique axes like which ones are your favorites or just things that aren't axes that people on social media if they follow have seen well it's interesting because right now my favorite axe is um w-a-t-l which is world athletic throwing league axe it's called the queen of hearts and at the base of the metal head there's a little heart in it 
And it's just, I, I threw it for the first time just like a week and a half ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to have this. Now, if you buy it from Waddle online, it's only $49.99. If oh. you're a regular axe thrower, that's a good thing. So I love that axe. But yeah, there's certain people like uh, Gennaro um, and um, Sebastian in, in Bloomfield and in Paramus and Yil, who was our, who was our long-term, uh, we... We also have a league, just like bowling. We have actually have a league, but we're members of uh, Waddle, so we have a specific Waddle league, which is actually a sanctioned league by World Athletic Throwing League mm-hmm. and Axe Throwing League. Sorry, and then we also have our uh, regular league because we have fourteen throwing locations. We there couldn't there's a competition between the mm. locations, and you know some of our leagues have twenty two members in them, but now we also join the WKTL league, and that's the World Axe Throwing League. Interesting. Um, so now we're throwing knives. Yeah, I saw there was a, like a, a, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was called a club. It just looked like a giant rectangle, and it was like like a machete. I thought you were talking about a maze. Yes, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of the Flintstones. Yeah, it's like it's a log, and then there's kind of like an offshoot, which is like a sharp thing. And I am really good at it. I actually have a video of myself throwing and hitting that's it. That's the one I thought. Yeah. That is that is a really cool thing. So um so we cool. just we are just uh we found a new insurance company that will properly insure us for throwing axes. So we're that's starting important. we're starting different locations, you know, as the insurance comes up. So uh Freehold, Old Bridge, Cherry Hill, Bucks County, and uh Woodbridge, and I think we're adding Paramus this week, all have the ability to throw these different kind of items. We have shovels. We have throwing stars. Oh, cool. Shovel is really cool. It has a big red shovel handle, and you you can only throw it one-handed because can you imagine doing a two-handed shovel over your head? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but the shovel is really fun. And then we have these really cool things. They look like Batman. And you have to ask our the, district manager, yeah, Adam, because like he knows stars, batter- like each, yes, <laughs> batarangs. But each um, Batman movie had a different shape bat oh. so you'd have to ask adam but he knows each which one is attributed to each show but they're kind of cool they look like bats and you throw them and, and there's each one has a different motion that you have to throw oh, with wow. in order to do it accurately that it's fun I, I do admit i haven't done it in a long time but i used to go like a sunday morning before they opened just to practice myself so no one looked at me in case i look silly but it's so much fun that practice definitely paid off i'll tell you that right <laughs> <laughs> wow that is I would love to do that. Yeah, because I've only seen, um, I've seen like the longer acts. Um, I've thrown that. I think Gennaro had one in Bloomfield. And you have to but go really only... far back, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only one that I've thrown. Um, couldn't even tell you if I hit the board. I really don't remember. It was like two years ago. <laughs> um, the Tomahawks, I'm not that great at. Um, for some reason, I think the Tomahawks are much more challenging than the hatchets themselves. Um, I agree with you. But it is very safe. Coming from me, and I'm I'm tiny, six feet tall, like I'm a twig, and I'm terrified of everything. <laughs> and um, I can easily throw hatchets. Like it's 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 so much fun. Yeah. Once you is. just you just have to get past the, your first throw, and you're set. Yeah, it's, like, it's very simple and stuff. Like I. I'm a dangerous person. I drop stuff a lot. You do. I just pull the mic. Well, that's what we tell you. You have to wear closed-toed shoes. You want to make yes, sure that your, your toes are covered. But that's it. But, you know, the axe misses are there to make sure that people yeah. are safe. And, you know, they have very specific rules. Very you do not retrieve routine. your – mm-hmm. we have two targets in each lane. 
each person throws it and then together you retrieve it. So there are very specific rules with regards to that thing. Uh, we also have something called a kill shot. There's two little dots in the upper right and left hand of the target. We all scream, kill shot! And that means that you got, let's try for the kill shot. And that. there's extra points when you're scoring because there was also like mini tournaments that you can do when scoring as well. Such a good I gun. saw people doing that at one party we did. Um, yes. This the owner, well, the manager of that area. Of and somebody else was versing him yes. while we were there. I do remember that. They um, were both really good. <laughs> they I was were about very to say, they good. were both there. And they were like calling their shots too, mm -hmm. I think. Well, if you've ever, they usually do the uh, finals of the um, leagues on Facebook, and it's just fascinating. They, like, they, they never miss. Absolutely insane. Yeah, it's insane. I'm pretty it's like sure they, have they their didn't. own aimbot like built into their. Yeah, and you watch their techniques. Everybody has like a different technique. Yeah. You know, it's just really it's very interesting. It is. <laughs> um, before we uh, wrap up, there. Spe speaking of, uh, we're on the same subject as Hatchet. I kind of want to stick on it just for a little bit longer. Can you explain what the um, on-the-go Hatchet is? Our mobile. Uh, so we have a mobile unit. It's called Barry the Hatchet on the go. Um, we go within the tri-state area, but we try not to go too far into New York because it does have to go over bridges and it is pulled by our truck. This is what I was telling you all about last week. Yeah. yeah. It also it has it has two targets, the same thing, and it has a drop-down thing. And we do go to festivals for marketing purposes, but we also go to people's homes. Um, it starts at $999, so it's basically $1,000, within 30 miles of where it lives here in Freehold. Um, but so past that, it's like $100 per mile outside. So let's see if you're in Philadelphia, it'd be eleven dollars to $1,200. But you get four hours, two Axe Masters, and they bring giant Jenga, it connects four, um, to coin, to whatever, tosses. They bring all kinds of games so that people don't get bored waiting for their turn to throw. Mm. They'll do little tournaments with you, and it's fun. So either big party, we've done corporate parties, we've done graduation parties, we've done weddings. So uh, we have two units now. And two trucks. Oh, okay. and oh two trucks now. Uh, if you pass them, they're both here. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw one. Yeah, they're both they're both here, and uh, we're like I said, we're based out of Freehold, and um, we go everywhere. You, it's just unbelievable of the kind of people that rent the truck, and it's it's been a really really good thing market for us. Thanks for bringing that up. It's su it's such a cool idea. It's such a it cool is idea. very like cool. I I knew I couldn't do it justice speaking about it last week. That's why like Heidi is the perfect. Person. <laughs> it's such a cool idea. And speaking of which, next week, I think on June 8th, uh, we've been invited up to Edison to the, one of the local news channels, asked us to bring the unit up there five o'clock in the morning. Oh, boy. Because they're going to do, uh, they're going to put us on our unit on the TV. Oh, that's oh, so yeah. cool. I think it's sub, I think it's either the 8th or the 11th. Of July? Mm -hmm. This? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. got to keep an eye out now. <laughs> now that we know it's going to happen. See us on the road. That's so cool. You going to be in it? No, no. I, I did offer because I'm up early anyway. You're, Chris, yeah, Chris you're knows early. that I'm up very early. <laughs> yeah. Because if Chris wants me, he'll text me at 4.30 in the morning. When I'm, I'm up. Powerhouse, always, always mm -hmm. up 4.30. I'm out, walking, I'm out walking by 5 a.m. Oh, at yeah, my desk at sick. 7. Because you never know what's going to happen in a given day. Mm -hmm. you got to be yeah. prepared. Always. Always. This, this has been really fun, you guys. Yes. Thank you so fun. much. We're so glad. Uh, see, I knew it was going to be an interesting episode. We were so yeah. excited to have you last week. We, uh, we were like, next week, we, we just can't wait. And it's going to be such a good episode. Um, so next week, we're going to have Zach on. And um, we're also going to have Shane on. You guys have heard about Shane. Uh, you'll definitely uh, hear from Zach. And Heidi, you would know, um, Zach has been... With the company for a very long time, right? So Zach, so Shane is an OG. Shane okay. is yes. Shane is, an OG, is OG. So Shane is an OG, and Zach came very close after. I think Zach 
started at 77 Main Street and just before we moved over here. But Shane was like one of our my very first employees. So, um, but Zach is very knowledgeable and I'm sure that he'll tell you his story, but he's been with us for a long time and he's grown with the company significantly. And, um, it, you know, he's, he's a delight to, um, work with. Yes. For all of you techies out there, you guys are most likely going to love that one too. That one's definitely going to be the technical aspects and what happens behind the walls and behind the doors and inside all the wires of that's gonna our be wall. That's going to be a very intricate episode. I'm yes, and like when the door opens and it creaks, how does that happen? Right. <laughs> Where are these speakers? Are there even speakers in the room? Stay tuned. <laughs> or wait, that drawer popped open. How did that happen? Things open up on their own. You yeah, never know. They do. Yes, the two finger rule. Part. If it doesn't open by itself, by the two fingers, leave it yeah. alone. <laughs> Stay tuned. Perfect.